Welcome to a very special, uh, almost Christmas time, holiday, December holiday time, uh, TypeScript podcast. I am the host today, Tori Rice. I'm actually usually the host, so I guess that's not just today. But joining me today, I have a guest co-host who I'm going to, I'm going to do a little geography fun today for our listeners. So don't talk yet, Matt. Um... His name is Matt Gad, and he is from a tiny island nation in the eastern Atlantic that has a sometimes unstable democratic monarchy. Um, and I think the prime minister may have recently assassinated their monarch. Um, if that's not a big enough hint for everyone of where he is, I guess a bigger hint would be they're best known for being the backdrop for, for the show Ted Lasso. Matt, why don't you reveal where you are? <laughs> I really want to go up with a tiny island, the Channel <laughs> Islands. No, but um, no, I'm from um, England, United Kingdom. So, but um, to go back to your Prime Minister uh, joke, I think she killed Coolio too, but I haven't got any proof yet. So, well, we don't need proof here. This is the internet. Um, <laughs> we're good. Yeah. I also <laughs> killed Coolio. Um, <laughs> well, I'm sure that our sponsors who don't exist will love this. Um, so also <laughs> joining us, we have a guest and his name is someone I'm going to screw up and it's going to be great. Um, so his name is Mario Prella, Pre 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 close enough. And, uh, Mario, you are from Vopac. Yes. Hi. Uh, thank you for uh, for having me. I'm a huge fan uh, of your podcast. Uh, first, all right, um, that, that's you on the on the on the all the uh, metrics. That's great to, to finally get <laughs> a face with the with the blip. Um, so <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. So you are in the Netherlands, uh, mm -hmm. correct? But you are originally from Portugal. Um, mm -hmm. So how is it gonna feel? Who, who are you going for in the World Cup? Well, uh, it's it's hard because Portugal first is revealing that is going uh, great because usually we tie 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 and we end in the in the finals uh, somehow. Uh, the Netherlands is also going very well. Spain uh, also the first game was very good. I'm also a little bit Spanish, you know, so uh, it's hard. It's a it's a mix of feelings. I think the, the, the final will be something like probably France against Brazil or France against Portugal. Or it will be a very interesting final. You know? It is because yeah. the United States is clearly going to be in it. Because yes. firstly, the United States is going to beat the <laughs> Netherlands this uh, Saturday morning. So um, just kidding. That's not happening. Uh, yeah. Spoiler, I'm assuming this is going to come out after the U.S. has already been knocked out. Yeah. So um, it should be we fun, don't... though. We don't know because, as you can see, for example, the Argentina match, the Japan match against Germany, it's very strange, this World Cup, where uh, teams, small teams are conquering big teams, which is very strange. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm just glad at the next World Cup that the U.S. doesn't have to qualify because it's being hosted here. So that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think Can- Canada get a free pass as well, right? Yeah, because it's like North America. I don't know how they. I don't know how they're just like let's pick an entire region, you know. And we're and it's funny because all of the stadiums that are going to be used are mostly the U.S. But the U.S. I don't know if anyone knows this. Um, it's pretty big. And they are mm-hmm. not, the stadiums are not close together. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm going to go see this match and then maybe I'll take a ride and go see this match. Like, you'd have to get on a flight for hours to go to another match in a different stadium. So, yeah. imagine teams, um, professional teams flying jet lag. Well, you can kind of have jet lag if you have a game in Atlanta and then in San Francisco. You're going to be really bad mood. Yeah, it's going to be a <laughs> real good time. So, good choice. Yeah. Um, Although I guess better than, well, where it's currently at. So, uh, okay. Anyway, I'm sure that there's a massive cross-section of people who mm-hmm. both watch the World <laughs> Cup and listen to this podcast. So um, I've been watching it like every day, though. So I've been, I'm very invested. But that's probably just because my kid plays soccer. So now I'm really into soccer. Um, Football. You, you Football. No, no, it's soccer. <laughs> yeah, well, fun, fun fact, if you watch uh, Google prediction on the results of the match, I think they all failed. So currently, I think people are betting what Google against Google. You know, oh. If Google says Germany is winning, they will bet against uh, for Japan. They, I think they only got it once right right now. Google. Wow. Well, I've currently been betting against Twitter, but I guess I'll bet against Google now. Um, You know, just on the soccer football thing, I just like to point out, because everyone gets mad about it, um, especially over there in that little tiny island nation. Um, So do you know where the word soccer comes from? Because it's not an American invention. We invented it because it's association football shortened, right? Yeah. We invented it. People who played association football were socials. And then it became soccer somehow. And we play gridiron football and we just call it football because that's, you know, the better sport. But anyway, um, no, actually, I like to think we, we realized we made a horrific mistake and you just carried on. That's, that's the way I romanticize wait, it anyway. Wait a minute. Aren't we the horrific mistake <laughs> of the UK that's been carried on? <laughs> it's a whole chain of events. <laughs> okay. So um, let's get into, uh, I guess, anything related to technology. So, so how about the VAR system? Because let me tell you what, that's really making me angry. Someone goes off sides, like their shin is offside, and they're suddenly like they 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 show a 3D model of this guy's shin, and they're like, oh, he's off. I'm, that makes me real angry. I'm just, I'm honestly makes me. Angry. Did you saw the technology that is in the ball, the sensor that is in the ball? Did you saw already the ball open and off? It's, it's oh, amazing, I haven't seen that, but I, I recently found out that it was full of sensors, which I, I'm glad yeah. that they balanced it enough where it still spins correctly, because that would be mm-hmm. horrible. Um, yeah. They, um, in the, um, I want to say it was in the, yeah, the USFL here, the Spring League Football League, um, they, in, in our American football, they put a sensor in the kicking ball. And after mm-hmm. one week, had to remove it because everyone was missing kicks because it was off center. It was all unbalanced. <laughs> and so they would kick it and it would do weird stuff in the air that it shouldn't do because the sensor was just not balanced properly. So they, they got rid of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. But actually, 
what we're here to talk about is uh, what you do at VOPAC. And people may not know what VOPAC is um, because I didn't. And it's actually pretty interesting. Um, JavaScript doesn't just, you know, make make uh, Twitter clones. Um, it can do other stuff too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so about Volpac. Volpac is the oldest Dutch company, uh, 409 years old, okay? So uh, we store vital products uh, in liquid state. We have these huge tanks and everything that our society needs, well, oil, gas, industrial chemicals, we store it, okay? So normally people don't know uh, that we exist and it's good because then we keep the world running. Uh, so the less they know about us, the better sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so at Volpac, to give a context why I'm here and what is happening at Volpac, uh, is going through a huge digital transformation program. So we, are, we don't do tech. Uh, our main core business is storing products, but we during this transformation program where we are replacing ERPs, CRMs, all these application, business applications that are very critical for the business, our management, uh, well, uh, found out that we don't, we also store a lot of data, a lot of data, a lot of information in the tanks. Uh, and then that's uh, what I'm doing here. I'm going to explain what we are doing in order with that data and how. So how many storage tanks are there, just to give an idea worldwide? Mm -hmm. Okay, so Volpac is global. So we currently have uh, 71 locations in 25 countries. And I can tell you that every location has like, I don't know. It, it, the amount of tanks, it depends, by the way. It depends of the, of the region, it depends the type of tank, of terminal. But in, in the, uh, it's huge. I can tell you it's like small cities. Uh, so if you are in the United States, you can search Deer Park, uh, Houston, and you're gonna see pictures of it, or even ALA. Um, you also have the tank storage. Each tank is the size of a, of a building, Empire State Building lookalike. They are very big. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, maybe 300, 400, 500, 600 tanks. It depends. Yeah. And when you mo- and you store like everything, like you said, um, like gasoline, oil, cow's Ammonia, blood. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> in uh, alcohol in Germany, but uh, uh, yeah, it depends. <laughs> it, it, it depends on the country. It depends on the type of terminal. Uh, everything that is critical for uh, yeah. And uh, one of our, for example, uh, KPIs is, is safety also because these are very critical. Uh, products in very critical situations and locations. So yeah. Yeah, I feel like I feel like there's a joke about not using leaky things and also not using rust. But I don't know. I'll let other people make those. Um, so anyway, uh, so let's talk about uh, how you're using, um, I guess, mm-hmm. TypeScript. Okay. So to, first, I need to give a little bit more uh, context what we built. Okay. So as I told you, we are becoming data-driven. We are um, collecting data. And what happened is that these tanks, uh, is not only tanks, we have pumps, valves, jetties. All of these has a lot of sensors, okay? Uh, humidity, vibration, uh, 
level, you name it. Um, every terminal has around like 25,000 sensors per location. 25, 30,000, 25,000 in average. Okay. So what we do, we built a system that ingests the data from all these sensors. Uh, it transforms the data of the sensors. So because the sensors, the data, we call it dark data. But what happens is that this data comes without very meaning. What it means, like, for example, you have your temperature uh, thermostat at home, right? And it comes only like as uh, the ID of the sensor, like 3300CV and the value, 37. For example, and what we do, we do the transformation of this data. We grab this data, we ingest the data, we transform the data, we put meaning like which type of uh, sensor it is, from which location, uh, the measurement method, uh, because in tanks you can measure if the tank is uh, half empty or half full, you know, uh, the pressure, if it's coming out or coming out. So we added all these context, contextualization to the data at the edge, so in the terminal. And then we transformed, after transforming the data, we also reduce the amount of data. Maybe you don't want to send all the data, right? Because the, the, the liquid inside of this tank is all, always uh, floating, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we transform this data after giving some context, and then we send to the cloud. Uh, in the cloud, we, uh, we have an API. Uh, we also have uh, dashboarding uh, to expose the data. Um, so what we do, we then expose the data to other applications, okay, and uh, provide it visually or through APIs. Um, so that's what we built, okay, using, uh, in this case, a TypeScript. Um, so everything in our stack is in, in TypeScript, everything front-end, back-end, and infrastructure as code. So the cloud part, on-prem part also. So I assume that this is um, this didn't start as a TypeScript project. Is was is this no. replacing something that was existing? Yeah. So we had we didn't add anything. Okay. So when I joined this company, uh, I, I come from the tech startup world. Okay. Um, they told me, and I have friends here, long uh, long friends. They, we have this project, this green uh, green paper. We don't know what to do, how we're going to build it, okay? So um, I come, I start doing multiple proof of concepts with multiple products uh, out there, okay? That does the same or tr they try to do the same. But at our scale, we reached a point that uh, that X product was, do was very good at ingesting, X product was very good at only transformation, other product was very good at only exposing the data. And bear in mind, we start building these in 2018, okay? Mm -hmm. So now if you Google it edge computing, you're going to see a lot of companies like Amazon or Azure um, putting all these ed IoT edge platforms in the market. But going back, it, this is started as a proof of concept, okay? I did a Node.js app in JavaScript. I did in one terminal, rollout. Um, the business, uh, so the management enjoyed very much. Okay, nice, nice application. And then we decide, okay, we're going to scale this. We're going to roll out this product. Uh, and then, of course, then comes uh, uh, TimeScript. Uh, we had to migrate to, to TimeScript because it was, you know, uh, 
it's a proof concept. You know, you start doing it small, you act around, you, you, the quality, yeah, you know how it is. I think everyone here knows how that is a proof of concept that ends up in production, uh, the process. So and then we migrated to to to, to TypeScript uh, everything, but we started very small as a proof of concept, and then we saw okay we need automation in the cloud. So we and bear in mind we use everything is AWS, but what we built can also be built for example with Azure or any other uh, provider. Okay, uh, I don't want to promote here only use AWS use only AWS. This is a TypeScript podcast. So. Um, <laughs> But our our system, what it uses is using AWS IoT uh, Greengrass. So if you have Alexa at home, your Alexa is probably running, depends on the version and model, but it's probably running AWS IoT Greengrass. AWS IoT Greengrass allows you to run Lambdas, Dockers on-prem in uh, Raspberry Pis, whatever you have. Yeah, so we have that running an LGS uh, application, a TypeScript application running uh, to ingest and transform the data inside of a AWS IoT uh, Greengrass. So, uh, and then we send it to the cloud. Uh, and in the cloud, then we have uh, uh, an API, an LGS API, uh, with the TypeScript running in, uh, in Fargate, AWS Fargate. Um, we have then a Grafana plugin, also made in TypeScript, which then exposes the data um, to BIs and uh, and the uh, other uh, uh, departments uh, for visualization. Yeah, yeah. everything is in TypeScript now. Uh, took a little bit uh, in order to, and also our team is not that big. Once again, I'm not in a tech startup. I don't have the funding to uh, get 100 engineers and uh, start building. I'm not Amazon, I'm not Google. So uh, uh, yeah, we have four guys, very good. Uh, we are four in this case, and uh, yeah, and we are building it. Wow! So only four people. Yes. Are so, so with that small of a team, like, what are the challenges that you face? Um, you know, are, are you all in this? Are you all located in the same area, or um, are you spread out? Uh, we are all located in the same area. We are all in the Netherlands. Uh, we all had. Uh, Initiatives to when happens, for example, a rollout, when is a new deployment, a new terminal, new onboarding, we usually go to the terminal to see the sensors, to, to meet the people on site, because you still need people to, to do the sensor onboarding. You still need the information from the sensors and put someone that put the servers there to ingest the data. Um, but developers, operations, we kind of share responsibilities between uh, the four. So we are the four, and we also all the everyone does dev, everyone does ops. Um, so that's one of good things of using one single language, one single technology, you know, because then everyone can have the same acknowledgement, the same tools around, the same CIs around, uh, enables to scale faster and quicker, you know. If I will like go to Python and then the front end in TypeScript. And then, okay, so I need a guy that is very good at Python, a guy that is very good at TypeScript. And uh, let's say that, for example, our infrastructure will be in Terraform. Then I need a guy that is very good at Terraform. It will increase the team size tenfold, you know? Because mm-hmm. you have then on calls, so you need another person in order to replace the other person in order to, to, to not have on uh, blockers. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, it's one technology. I think I'm a little bit deviating from your uh, uh, question. But yeah, so we are all here in the Netherlands, four persons. Of course, they are all very senior. I was lucky to have these guys with me um, in order to, to, to help me uh, building it and maintaining it now also. It seems a little daunting to me, just personally. Um, you know, I I know that because you guys do this stuff, kind of like uh, the, the development stuff all the time. But like to me, anything that's this mission critical terrifies me. Um, you know, anything that can be uh, hacked when it's when it's like a you know a, a, you know a Twitter type app. Um, it's like whatever you know it gets hacked it's like you know it's like it, i mean it's a big deal but it's not that big of a deal but then when you have things that are you know storing um you know petroleum uh products and different yeah. things um getting hacked might mean a lot different stuff um like what is that what does it look like what does security look like for you like get it get into deep specifics too like just for asking for a friend um you know like how would you hack this i just thought that my sister doesn't listen to this but uh, uh now the, the, the security if you google uh for example uh currently even because of uh, ukraine war um, in Europe, the, the, even if, for example, just uh, uh, Google some like uh, a Colonial Pipeline in the United States recently, or well, recently, last year, uh, the industrial sector, these critical sectors, we are constantly under attack. Okay, so when we build the product, we build with that in mind, and we need to always be constantly thinking with security team, we need to be always so when I, for example, when I start building this product, the first thing that I did was talking directly with security team. No, I didn't evolve in the end. The majority of the development teams, they only talk with security in the, in the end when, the, oh, it's already in production, sorry. Um, so we, even the selection of the product, uh, the selection of the technology goes through the security team. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, I am the security. So your question is, for example, in our development pipeline, we have static code analysis, dynamic code analysis, uh, vulnerability scanning. Uh, these are, by the way, this is everything uh, tested inside of CI/CD pipelines, okay? Uh, like NPM audits for uh, external packages. Uh, also, um, yeah, we have constantly application scanning, uh, uh, metasploits and all that thing. Um, we also have an external team that also does uh, penetration testing. Uh, and earning. Um, so from the security point of view, even, even for example, we, I, this sounds very easy to build, but we have proxies, firewalls, and all these industrial systems, but bear in mind that they are very, some of them are very old and are not updated. So you need to be very careful selecting the how you ingest the data. For example, us, we use, uh, uh, so as, once again, the Lambda, the IoT Greengrass, and we use a protocol that is called OPCUA. OPCUA is a machine-to-machine -machine protocol, the standard one, uh, and includes uh, authentication, certification, encryptation. Um, then, and these all these provides the security layer to ingest the data from these protocols, from these sensors. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and industrial network is totally isolated, okay? We communicate with one server that is behind like 
10 firewalls. We have just a security team and network team there. And there is other team constantly. Uh, so it's not, so our team is small, yes, but there is a lot of teams around us to support us and help us, okay? Uh, and more importantly, bit... someone to blame if something goes wrong. Like that's not, <laughs> that's, it's not your job. Yeah, yeah, but we still, we need to have an environment of uh, helping, you know, we help each other uh, and everyone helps us also. Um, because yeah, when we start calling out, this is when you start looking for, let's say before nobody was looking at the, the industrial network. And as soon as we start ingesting the data, they start looking at the network. What is happening there? Why is that this firewall not updated for 20 years already? You know, so it was even a great thing to us to be deployed, you know, mm -hmm. so it helps to the industrial part also to be updated. There is, yeah, in the bigger scheme of things, uh, there is a lot uh, uh, happening, uh, not only as interesting data. Because even in the future, and uh, this is future, we can already working on it. We are, um, because this edge platform is not only for ingesting, but also to enabling machine learning initiatives at the edge. For example, we, in the future, in the future, I'm not saying uh, now, but we all will run like machine learning interference, they call it interference, uh, machine learning at the edge. And we'll all probably allow example, example, example. I don't want the listeners to listen to this and say, oh, these guys are crazy. Um, but imagine there is uh, energy management. Now the energy, uh, the, the gas price is very high, right? Um, and maybe we want to do peak shaving, which means that we're going to shut down machines that are being used. Well, they are consuming energy, but they shouldn't be consuming energy, you know? So right. we can, through machine learning, to shut down the machine. It's trucked down. And then we don't need the operator there. Uh, so a lot of things are happening. So in the security side of things, we need to be very safe, right? It needs to be, uh, I think, uh, this is crazy saying, but I think NASA, it's like defensive uh, programming, you know? Mm -hmm. So you, you do a lot of defense programming, I think. For example, NASA has wrote a lot about it. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's the name they use. Defensive programming is what we do. So you're basically going to create a very small version of Skynet and hope that everything goes well. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We poor guys. If uh, anything goes wrong, uh, I'm not here. Uh, I hope that uh, Mars maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of robots trying to kill us, they just won't let us have gasoline. So, yes, you know, same thing. fine. <laughs> yeah, same thing. <laughs> Solar panel. So we also, yes. Sorry, go on, carry on. No, I was going that the, the robots will be powered by solar panels. So, we are still <laughs> So, Mario, you touched a little bit on kind of infrastructure as code a little bit. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, kind of what your setup is there? Do you write infrastructure as code as TypeScript or? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, once again, AWS uh, side of things, we use AWS CDK. Uh, and AWS CDK allows you to write infrastructure as code in TypeScript as constructors. And uh, um, so we have uh, everything is in TypeScript there. Uh, yeah, so we use this. We can build unit tests, regression tests, smoke tests, even for our infrastructure. 
um, scanning vulnerability, everything will be done uh, also in uh, TypeScript, which this is a nice, a nice thing. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Like, it's nice to be able to even, you know, infrastructure as code is kind of, you know, very foreign in a lot of different places, you know, whether mm -hmm. it be Terraform or, you know, even in YAML files. So it's, it's kind mm -hmm. of nice to still be able to, again, write that in TypeScript is, is pretty yeah. cool. Like what, what, what like pieces, of, I know it's not, <laughs> I won't bang on about AWS, but what kind of pieces do you like the most about AWS? Like, have you used any of the, the Lambda everything, side of everything is, mm -hmm. everything is in Lambda. Our part, well, except the DPI because we have DPI locally also, so it's Docker. But so everything that we have is everything in serverless. Uh, that's why Greengrass, we can in Greengrass run lambdas in IoT Greengrass. Um, yeah, and we can even reuse the same lambdas. Okay, we don't need to build specific lambdas. Um, yeah, I think for what I like in AWS or we like to use, it's everything that does not require. Uh, Having servers or infrastructure and yeah. that on and scales and cost optimization, for example, lambdas. We use lambdas, kinesis for streaming data to some buckets. Buckets, uh, Fargate. Uh, Fargate is the serverless container orchestrator. Uh, so like Kubernetes, but serverless. Um, so yeah. We try to use as much AWS services as possible and the more serverless as possible. Yeah, I mean, um, it's pretty impressive that you can nowadays like have a four person team and build something that, you know, could scale to, mm -hmm. you know, millions of users if you needed to. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's frightening yeah. really like how much you could do with, you know, AWS Azure and GCP nowadays. Mm -hmm. And it's cool mm -hmm. that you can kind of, Right, TypeScripts, that entire stack, like, mm -hmm. is just, mm -hmm. that's really powerful. Like, how mm -hmm. do you manage, like, like, obviously, we've got a significant amount of code and code bases. Mm -hmm. Do you, we, I think we talked a few times on TypeScripts in the past about kind of how you manage those as kind of a code level. Do you, do you have, mm -hmm. like, a monorepo? Do you have many repos? How do you manage it in Git? What do you, how do you manage yeah, yeah. that kind of, there's a lot of stuff going on there, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, some of uh, some of them were my mistake. Uh, bear in mind, I'm uh, I'm more DevOps cloud guy. I'm not 100% that engineer. I'm not 100% backend. Um, and I was the first engineer, so it's microservices and everything. As and this is, was a very mistake of me. Yeah? So and currently, we have multi repo. Okay, so every lambda has their own repo. We use GitLab um, and GitLab CI. Um, every, every, we have multiple repos. Every Lambda has their own repo. So that's why we do versioning. The CDK is their own repo. And then we built on top of it, we have uh, like an orchestrator. It's called orchestrator. Um, where it deploys, it versions all Lambdas, it versions all repos, tags all repos automatically. And then it does uh, development, testing, acceptance and production um yeah you said it's complex yes and uh, one of things is now that we are scaling building more lambdas putting more requirements now we are looking at it and maybe maybe we should stop with the one lambda one repo and and have mon not i will not say mono repo but a little bit 
not so much microservices or so yeah, much. It's kind of interesting. I, 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 like we've got some uh, previous experience like on um, mm -hmm. open source projects with Dojo where when we started out, we were doing exactly the same, which is very, very small, you know, independent units, which are great in terms of that separation is great. But I think we got to about, we must have had about 30 or 40 repos and then kind of managing that yes. deployment set or that release set is kind of quite an overhead. And there's, I think there's like a happy balance somewhere between the two, right? Like what you said, not necessarily a monorepo, but, you know, maybe consolidating some things. And I think that's kind of one of the like eternal battles, right? Is how do you wrangle a lot of code and deploy it in the easiest way? Like, do you use like, um, so do you use like AWS for like, uh, do you, you mentioned GitLab CI, so do you use GitLab CI mm -hmm. over like um, um, code build and cloud formation? Uh, so, uh, CDK, so our CDK under the generates uh, uh, under cloud formation under the CDK, okay? Yeah. Um, the, the, everything is inside of GitLab runners. Uh, of course, the GitLab runners runs in AWS. Yeah. Um, so that's why they have roles associated and then they can deploy uh, from there. Uh, it's a Docker uh, image uh, that we use um, to deploy in the runner. Um, so your question. Um, yeah, so everything uh, is deployed from, from GitLab uh, uh, itself. So it's a runner running in less with permissions to deploy. Uh, we every then... We, for example, because it's uh, IoT, we have simulators also. So to give, it's a very hard to explain. That's why we are currently looking at even how we can improve our uh, CI and these all these repos, as you said. Is we also have a lot of repos, but um, we have simulators, and every account, every developer. So we only four, but every developer has their own terminal. So location, we simulate. So we have sandboxes. And we can simulate the sensors and all that things. So we can like uh, create a digital twin of the, the of the terminal. So um, dev then test test is one AWS account. Uh, acceptance is it's another AWS account. Production it's another AWS account. Um, and everything is is separated. And CI and GitLab orchestrates the deployment uh, yeah. on each account and which resources it uses, which ones it needs, um, costs also. Um, yeah. Yeah, so even if, yes, sorry. There's no carry on my it's fine. Tell it, tell it again, sorry, tell. Um, so like, it's like, so you, you have, is it a software simulator or do you actually have a hardware simulator for the? No, uh, software, software. Okay. We built uh, also in TypeScript. Oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> so, so cool. We, yeah, so we built a simulator. We built a simulator of the sensors. Uh, at the beginning, we had, I had in my table a really, uh, it was just some buttons. I even have a YouTube video with it. Uh, with a PLC and buttons and the, uh, I had like a really terminal at my desk or a piece of it uh, um, in order to simulate. But then we built the, the, the simulator uh, on software in order to, to test and uh, to scale about to the other teams because, yeah, it, uh, you talked about the scale. 
but uh, um, I didn't tell here, uh, but currently uh, we are in 25 locations from the 71. Uh, sorry, uh, 28. Sorry, I was looking at the dashboard right now. Uh, in 28 locations, uh, the deployment, uh, the only thing that we need is the which the ID of the sensors that we need to ingest. The rest is automated. Um, and then we start ingesting. It's, we have like a back office, also in TypeScript and React, which uh, the, the terminal just sends which IDs are and we automatically deploy unattended. So we just need the server, they put the box, and we deploy. Um, at the scale, we're currently in 28 locations, and we are processing at the edge, so at the terminal, in average, per day, 72 million events. Uh, yeah, now do the math. When we are alive in the 71 locations, it will be billions, probably. I don't know, it depends, per day. So uh, uh, we need, once again, we need all these in the clouds to simulate everything separated in order to, to help us uh, scale. How often when you're running your simulators, do you just simulate catastrophic things just for fun? Like, oh, everything blew up. Because I would do that a we, lot. This is, this is funny <laughs> because we do uh, night uh, uh, tests where we, they call it uh, Charles Engineering. Uh, we do Charles Engineering at night. So at at, uh, at the mid around midnight, we have something that explodes, <laughs> coma coma, <laughs> uh, and we, where we test all these scenarios. Like we rebuild a, re a deployment. Imagine, let's say that a, term, a server crashes, burns, whatever. I don't know. And uh, we test we test uh, end to end how much time it takes to redeploy everything and put everything working automatically. So it takes around 50 minutes. Of course, someone still needs to go to the terminal and mount the server on the hack. Um, but of course, it, it takes everything like 50 minutes. We do it every day. Mm -hmm. uh, this, uh, we call it, yeah, Charles Integration Test. Some fancy, very super fancy name that we decided to give. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and by the way, I didn't tell here, but it is quite funny for the answer. Even our monitoring, it's in code. So we use New Relic. I'm not, uh, probably I'm gonna get some t-shirts uh, from our uh, uh, providers, but uh, <laughs> uh, for the free uh, promo. But even our uh, monitoring is in code. So any alarm whatsoever, it's in code, writing unit tests, tested. We even have a test environment for monitoring only and acceptance where we everyone tests the alarms and all these things because yeah we we need to know when stuff starts failing because we are only four people i have two kids and i want to sleep so i don't <laughs> want to be awake i don't want to be constantly be awake with uh, on calls uh, when i was working at startups i didn't have kids it was fine for me to wake up every single night with servers crashing but not anymore you know now you wake so, up every uh, night with with baby screaming so that's a yes. similar similar thing yeah, yeah. um you know i'd probably rather have the the you know server crashing personally but you know <laughs> then you can turn it off right yeah ah, exactly there's there is a fix for that whereas with the baby screaming sometimes there just isn't a fix um, yeah, yeah. it takes much longer to fix <laughs> uh, yeah 
Well, great. Well, mm-hmm. it's been it's been great having you on. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about about Vopac or that we didn't cover? No, I think everything that I said, I think my goal uh, was to explain that not only tech companies are able to build things that need to scale, be reliable and critical. You know, they are out there also non-tech companies. And these days, you, I think we all see what is happening in the tech world with all the layoffs and all that things. Uh, I have friends that are, uh, even yesterday, they were, uh, uh, my previous company, they, they laid off 31% of the company. So uh, they need to see that there are out there also other opportunities. And if they are lovers of TypeScript, if they like to use TypeScript, they should open their minds to there are other things around yeah i think i think one thing to take away from this like it's kind of exciting how like um pervasive typescript has become that you can you know you can write anything from simulators to infrastructure as code to logging monitoring whatever you can there's not a thing that you can't use typescript for so i think that's really impressive sometimes i joke that microsoft did it again we are all using technology for them <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really um it's impressive how, you know, again is with you know all the cloud technologies as well, is how mm-hmm. you can have such a small team doing mm-hmm. so much and having so much impact. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really, really cool. And um, yeah, no, it's definitely mm-hmm. impressive. Mm-hmm. Even inside of the company we are like a use case because uh, the other teams are uh, uh way more resources than me majority of the time and it's like how does these guys can do it uh, they probably guys probably don't sleep and like no it's we just yeah we use the cloud it does way way lift for us a lot of hardcore things and even typescript because the community of typescript you want to build something probably already someone already built that you know we already have a module already have a package already have a big community maintaining it uh, for example the reason we choose Node.js and TypeScript, one of many, besides the type safety and yada yada, in the community was because the Node.js version of OPCOA library, so the protocol that we use, in 2018 was the one with the biggest community and maintainers. You know, everyone in it was already in TypeScript and the test coverage and all these things was huge. You know, looking at the Python version of C++ version of Java, I was like, yeah, it's only one guy. Yeah, even if I use open source, I'm, this guy, I'm going to maintain also the code. And then that's why we went to the, the node, the, the node PC version. Sorry, I had a little glitch there. Um, <laughs> I froze. Um, <laughs> it's almost Christmas. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we will wrap it up here. Um, it's mm-hmm. been really great having you on. Uh, really appreciate you joining us. Thank and yeah, definitely look around the world and see the different places you could, you know, put TypeScript. Like maybe an ICBM <laughs> could be running TypeScript. You never know. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I know that our nuclear arsenal is personally, uh, I think, uh, all floppy disks still. So, you know, maybe if anyone out there is listening, wants to, wants to, uh, actually, I don't think I want to be responsible for that. So don't contact me personally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it just goes with my theme. Nothing that matters. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's been very great having you on. Um, and is there any um, places or it's places you want people to follow you? I was going to say Twitter, but maybe maybe that's not a place. I, or... I, to be honest, I'm not, I'm not the guy that is in social networks. Uh, not because I don't like social networks, but I use Facebook because of, I need to talk with my mother. But, uh, <laughs> if you want to talk I, with Mario's mom, get on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if people want to talk me, yeah, they they can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I think I still have an account. I need to see. <laughs> but I'm usually, but for example, I'm in, I'm usually on the Node.js Slack, okay. Uh, or in the there is one TypeScript Slack also, not okay. very active, but uh, I'm usually around there. Um, yeah, and they can ring my uh, my email also. My email is my first and last name at wopak.com. Okay, great. Well, we will link some of those things in the show notes. Definitely won't link your email, just you know, to be polite. But. Uh, you know, definitely we'll yeah, yeah. we'll put that out there if anyone wants to get in touch with you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and his mother's Facebook account. Don't forget. That <laughs> I will also guess I will be putting that as well. So. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for joining us. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. That's the show. Thanks so much for listening. You can find us online at talkscript.fm. You can subscribe or follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods casted to. The theme music is by Rabbit at rabbitthebandcom Gonna see where the day goes. Take it fast, take it real slow. We got a good thing.